Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. Manchester City maintaining a six-point gap at top after dismantling Man United 4-1. The forge at Liverpool coming away with all three points against West Ham. A tale of two halves at Turf Moor as Chelsea defeat Burnley 4-0. Arsenal moving to fourth place after holding on to a 3-2 victory at Watford. And we assess Leeds United's first match under Jesse Marsh. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. All right, uh, only one place to start, uh, my friend. Um, Manchester City 4, Manchester United 1. So much to get into. Uh, mm. So much difference, really, with the first half to second half. First half was competitive. Second half was not competitive. Um, I'll let you go first in trying to assess, maybe initially, the game, Rob, before we get into details mm. of, of how it affects each football club. Um, I think the first thing is I enjoyed the game for the derby. I thought it was reasonably open. Um, certainly in the first half, as you said, competitive. Both teams were looking to, to see how they were going to play. United set up with a slightly different system than we've seen before with Bruno and Pogba in a team, but playing almost like false nines with Ilanga and Sancho either side and Fred and McTominay anchoring in front of a back four. So a little different than we'd seen with Ralph Ragnick. And there is some suggestions that it was, it's been governed by players not being happy with some of the systems they've played before and whether this is working. There's all kinds of things, stories coming out of United, some of which we'll touch on. Um, but I enjoyed the game. I thought first half was competitive. Enjoyed, I thought, United had some good spells. City were almost becoming almost counter-attack style. City's left-hand side of the pitch was so productive. Grealish with Foden drifting over there. Cancelo mm. um, was always a threat uh, for Manchester United. And then the second half, if the first half was good, I thought the second half was a gulf. I thought it just showed the difference in the two teams, the difference in the two setups, the quality of players, the understanding of what, what's required. And and the other thing that, that underpins all that City does, and, and maybe we... we hit on this at times, and if we're repeating ourselves, I'm not going to apologise. Just the work that City do out of possession is incredible. Uh, their running numbers and, and their ability to pin people in, win the ball back and control a game, to the point where I think after the third goal, they have 90-odd percent of the possession for the next 10 minutes, just kill Manchester United there and then with their passing and with their movements and the Olays were starting and you know the fourth goal. Um, it, it is a beauty from, from Mares and summed up the difference in two great Manchester teams, one who are well-placed to continue the success that they have and another that, Rob, continues, each game continues to add another layer of questioning and I suppose disappointment to a certain degree of, of, of when, where and when will this United team start to start to grow and start to look like a team that, that the fans want, really. Mm. Just just one comment before we get into that, Rob, because we'll get into that, of course, in a second. But I just thought it was interesting, Peps, uh, there was an interview I read, um, I think it was on the Athletic website, and Pep was talking about philosophies, Rob, and how <clears throat> the German influence is really strong in the Premier League. You know, mm. a lot of it from Ralph Ragnick's kind of uh, teachings, if you like, philosophies about the pressing, and the counter-pressing, you've got Jurgen Klopp, of course, that's, that's kind of on that track. 
um, Ralph Ragnick, of course, himself at Manchester United. Jesse March coming in under the same kind mm. of banner under Red Bulls. Ralph uh, Hasenhurtl again. Hasenhurtl, yeah. In the, in the Red Bull system. Yeah. And he talked mm. about, I'm from Catalan. I'm different. I don't, I don't play the football t- to win the ball back and to, to go forward. And if we give the ball away, who cares? We'll get it back again. He said, we're different and I'm different and I want mm. the ball. I want to possess the ball. I'm in no rush to go and attack straight away. Um, of course, he's great at winning the ball back, as you said there, but there's more to City's football. And the mm. first half was kind of interesting where, you know, the two styles are very obvious. United's counterattacks were pretty threatening. They had a few opportunities to use that. Mm. Um, but in the second half, the golf, as you said, became uh, huge. Pep's got to be got to be delighted probably from the first whistle to the last whistle, the way that the game yeah. went. Um, at the end of it, I end up thinking, wow. And we all end up thinking, wow. And all the debate's going to start and all the pundits <laughs> and all the ex-players are going to get cracking again on Manchester United, structure, philosophy, ownership, managers, players, mm. everything, because of a abstract, a, a weak second-half performance, Rob, that looked like they'd given up. They had no ideas yeah. how to stop Manchester yeah. City. And, mm. you know, from their point of view, Rob, Man United now, you know, you look at a ma- manager interviewed afterwards – that, again, it's kind of honest the way that he answers questions. And he's like, yeah. they're better than us. They're the best team in the world. We tried different things. We were competitive in the mm. first half. I mean, and amidst that John Murtough, the director of football there, has been publicly yeah. saying they're getting closer to announce a permanent first-team manager. I'll start with there, Rob. Does that, how is that in any way <laughs> going to help Raf Ragnick trying to get the United players on board to be fully committed to his little stint as manager and to, to, to listen to what I say, knowing that there probably is going to be a change. There's obviously going to be a change in the, in the manager's yeah. position. Ralph Ragnick's um, influence is going to very quickly fade away to very little. Are we, <clears throat> is that part of the reason we saw United give up in the second half? Possibly. Um, I think it's a good point when, when we talk about the new manager, because right now, Rob, the group of players, I would, to me, seem like they hold more power than the man in charge. And this man in charge has got till May, end of the season, Premier League, whatever happens, Champions League. And then whatever this consultancy role, we'll wait and see what how that plays out, because that's going to be interesting as well. But but he's got what three, four months to 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 to, to try and it's almost trying to appease. It almost feels to me like he's appeasing a group of players. Like, are you okay with this system? Are you okay with this? Can we play yeah. this way? Are you okay? There's so much noise coming out of the football club, Rob. They're so far behind in that. You know, there's talk of, of of bringing someone. The sooner they can get somebody in the door who takes ownership of the dressing room, takes ownership of a group of players, starts moving this club in the right direction, the better. Because right now, Manchester United are all over the place. And I feel sorry for Ralph Ragnick because yep. he's an honest guy. Yep. You say he's got good respect in the game and yep. has, has been a tutor and, and a mentor to many great coaches. But he's come in, Rob, and he, he, he's absolutely up against it. He's absolutely up against it. It doesn't look to me like... He's got the backing of all the players, and, and that does some of that does come down to when you're running. Some of that does come down to if you if you believe in the guy who's in charge, you ain't gonna you're gonna go charging round. You're not gonna have the old ladies. You're not gonna have some of that. Some of that stands out, and that that stands out to relationship. And I tell you, that reflects worse on Manchester United as a football club and as a group of players than it does on Ralph Ragnick. Let's stop right there, Rob. Right, let's let's pin that down. Let's nip that in the bud about the manager at this mm-hmm. club, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. 
you know, popular with some, unpopular with others, mm. unpopular with yeah. me, okay, for what he did. Second last year, really, really good, mm. really poor this year. Ralph Ragnick comes in, Rob, you just said it. He's an experienced coach. He knows what he's doing. He's tried his very best to get them organized. It's not the manager, is it? Let's pin the, It's, it's no. not the manager <laughs> right now. It's, there's player power at Manchester United that never even existed. You couldn't even dare say that word when the great man was, was running out of football called player power. Mm. They, 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 it seems to me, Rob, that they're almost either bullying or, 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 what's the word, kind of sulking around if it doesn't suit them in the system or they're not playing. Or if, if, if so, so, it would seem that some players either aren't available or aren't ready to play. Listen, we're hearing, we've heard all kinds of, of innuendo and, and, and supposedly players who weren't fit, who weren't this, who didn't want to play or weren't in the right place. I mean, we've never heard some of these things before with other managers in, in the game. You never kind of heard this, oh, you, you weren't right to play, or the managers come out and say you weren't right to play. Now, whether the player's right, the manager's right, even that coming out of your football club tells me that something's wrong. Can we, in terms of trying to figure out where this went wrong a while ago, are we back on the recruitment side of things, Rob? I'm just going to run the play, through... The, the f- player, player recruitment is player a massive recruitment. thing. I mean, it, interim, interim manager, Rob, right there. Interim manager is a problem. With, Jay- with a dressing room like you've got is a problem. Because interim means, for want of a better word, like part-time. He, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a short yeah. stop. Again, that was a club decision to bring in, you know, yeah. a, an experienced guy as as yeah. as an interim before they appoint the real one. Um, but just in terms of the players, Rob, and go back to the recruitment of this club for many years now. I've just got a few yeah. jotted down here. Jaden Sancho, a hundred million dollars. Rafael Varane, fifty-nine million dollars. Paul Pogba, one hundred and sixteen million dollars. Harry Maguire, ninety-seven million dollars. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I, I haven't gone further back. They've spent so one, much one money. One Bissaka, fifty million. Right, fifty million. Yeah. So is that, you know, is that the route, uh, or, or do we go further back? Players who are not bought to fill to to play to a system. Individual talent is why when Manchester United win games, individual talent wins them the game. Not built to play, not built for a system of play. Manchester United, to, Manchester City today had a system of play that fitted the group of players yeah. that dominated the football. Manchester United have good individuals who, if they have moments, can win games. There's no long-term thinking about a system of play and getting the right players. And the right players might not be some of those star names. Angolo Kante came from France, was the best, was the best midfield, defensive midfield player in the country, if not in, in Europe, one of the best in Europe. Because he fit a system. Manchester United don't do that. If we go a little higher, Rob, and, and I'm talking about Root here, Root and Branch Cup, of a, mm. quick, a real quick kind of overview of the situation. I know where I think it, it ends up. It does end up with the owners. It Ownership just, it, it just does. If, if you've got owners that care about winning and care about getting things in your sporting club running the correct way, with with Correct. with with top in class people in different spots from Correct. CEOs to directors of football to managers to recruitment professionals, you know it isn't doesn't it? You know if you're the owner, okay, or maybe it's a really bad example right now, but somebody that's won a lot is Roman Abramovich, of course, right now. You know, now an example of an owner that that wants to win and and gets involved in why aren't we winning? 
What, who should we have in charge? What department should we get going? Um, if the owner doesn't demand quality and accountability from important positions in the, in the football club, Rob, isn't that really the, the, the root of all the struggles of Manchester United trying to find a way? Just get on a path. Just get on a path yeah, yeah. that looks like it's going in the right direction. You know, Liverpool were, were kind of drifting for many, many years. They got yeah, Liverpool's a good example. Yeah. John Henry in, in, in the group, Rob. Yeah. Because they, they were almost where right. United are now, aren't they? Yeah. Way away from titles. Yeah. You know, I've had some great individuals, but we're never quite the team. We're never quite getting there. It's a much better example. You know, with, You're right. It's a good example of... Go and, first of all, find the right guy. When you find the right guy, support him. You know, Virgil van Dijk at the time, Rob, we, people were going crazy at the feet. Alisson, which were key pieces in, 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 in things. The next sets of recruitment, the, the development of the football club. Then you build a culture, Rob. Then you start a winning mentality. Then you have start to see what we've seen of Liverpool. And yes, Liverpool at the moment has been a five or six year run. But you can see if Jurgen Klopp decides to bed down in there and put things together... This this could be a ten year thing for for Liverpool mm-hmm. and United. United have got to the position, Rob. This is where we are right now with Man United, where they be they're delighted if they could finish fourth. They're delighted to finish fourth. When United were the team where it'd been a huge, huge disappointment to finish fourth, and and this this that's what this owner, ownership group have allowed. Standards have dropped all over this football club. Yeah. I think on he's... and off the pitch, yeah. and, and on and off the pitch, Rob. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, I, I feel for Man United fans trying to find yeah. a way to get back to the level of performance and success that the neighbours, the noisy neighbours, are having in Manchester yeah. City, Rob. And I know, you know, I know they spent a ton of money themselves, and they've had to fight off <clears throat> financial fair play accusation, accusations yeah. at least twice, you know above our pay grade to know what really went on there and what mm. rules were broken or not. They've spent a ton of money, granted, right, granted. But they've got their, they've got their ship in order in terms of the Soriano and, and Bagiristain, the director of football. Of course, they've got Pep in now as well. And today was, I thought, a culmination of all that, Rob, you know, and, and with all that planning. It's, it's, not, it's not just your money, Rob. It, it, it's what you buy. Because you've talked, they've been over a billion dollars in Manchester United and in big-time players, yeah. did you say, you know, Donny van der Beek. Let's just talk about one yeah. example. Yeah. Not even in the football club anymore. Yeah. Over yeah. 50 odd million. Yeah. Both clubs have spent a ton of money. Club. Both clubs have spent a ton of money. One club, it, you know, it's got a structure to, to, to mm. do well with that money and one club hasn't. Um, just, just before we move on, Rob, you know, and we've said about it a million times and I feel some ways that we shortchange Man City fans, Rob, because we yeah. so know yeah. what they're going to do. We so not surprise when they dominate the dismantle they find ways you know I talked today in a half time Rob about the keys to it and the key for me was Phil Foden's ability I mean there was we have a tactical camera I mean he's so annoying yeah. because he just comes oh, away from the central defenders connects. you know yeah. he just connects it together yeah. they get out yeah. he sweeps it to the, the left hand side where they have overloaded numbers they, they, they dominate that side of the field I mean it, it is it is pretty remarkable how consistent great, this Man City team is it's brilliant. I mean, the left-hand side, Rob, was just like... I mean, I think Riyad Mahrez said for half an hour, I never touched the ball, it <laughs> yeah. was down the left, but they were causing all kinds of problems. The football intelligence, I go back to Phil Foden and, and the, the tutelage under, under yeah. Pep, 
is is top top class. Yeah. This guy's ability, not just with the ball. Somebody on Twitter I wrote, you know, Phil Foden's given a masterclass here with a false nine, and some guy, well, he's only doing what he should do. And I'm like, no, you don't. That, he's doing lots of things that we don't see on the ball that are taking people out of position. That's allowing uh, the space for Kevin De Bruyne. That's knitting the play in with Cancelo and, and Grealish on that left hand side. There's yeah. all these things, and I, and I, and I think you're right. We sometimes just paper over that with all oh, that city that's pet but no that, that that's top top class football let's remember rob a couple of things a couple of people i just want to know ruben diaz you know one time you know he was the linchpin probably out for they're saying up to six weeks yeah. five or six weeks yeah no major problem for them walker comes in has a more considered concentrated game john stones comes in in the middle of the park and and, and they get their business done you know kevin de bruyne rob just back to Something like his, his best form, captain of the football club. Just there's a couple of times I saw Kevin De Bruyne, and he, he it was an interesting kind of contrast to when United lose the ball or something. At the moment, you don't see that, and and it was it was going absolutely thing that he said you don't see that hunger and disappointment from other players. It's just accepted, and then they get on. Kevin De Bruyne, a couple of times, the book, you know, Man City have got this lovely methodology and way of playing, and, and somebody plays a bad pass. And it's almost like Kevin Bruyne doesn't say anything. There's a look on his face. And we've all played with those players. The look on the face is worse than anything they can say because he just kind of shakes his head as if to say, come on, you've got to be better. You know, we're better than that. And, and that's where City are of. Their standards amongst themselves, week in, week out, winning titles, winning cups, winning matches on, on a regular basis... They continue every week to keep that standard. And that's really so hard to do. Yeah, and just finishing up, Rob, you know, we're going to go talk about Liverpool next. Um, mm. Man City, you know, back on track. Still the team to beat, Rob, in terms of yeah, the yeah. points in the bag. I remember going through the, the fixtures. They had two really tough-looking fixtures. This is one of them. Liverpool, of course, is the other one. The others are kind of winnable for Man City, comfortably so. Man United now, again, we'll talk about Arsenal a top four spot is still available for Manchester United, obviously. You know, I kind of felt that the team was more compact. It was playing better under Ralph Regnick over recent weeks without getting stunning results. This is a massive setback, Rob. And, you know, we'll, I think stories might come up over the next few days about certain yeah. players in United squad <clears throat> that weren't available and maybe could have been available. Um, yeah. I'll not say any more, but such a mess right now at United. Okay. So it's classy okay. and effective at Man City. Can I just go back on that? Two you, two things you made. Just just the first thing I think is, from Liverpool's point of view, don't expect any favours. I think you're right with what happened. In don't expect any favours for anybody else because I don't see that particularly happening. Yeah. You know, United want to win today, but obviously would have done Liverpool a favour. Just going back to that, because it's one name I've just, I've, I've just written down, Rob. Marcus Rashford. No centre forwards available through a number of reasons. And you go from the start of the season, somebody mentioned it. At the beginning of the season, you had Martial, Rashford, Cavani, Ronaldo, Greenwood. None of those available for a number of different reasons now at the football club. Marcus Rashford is your lone centre forward in the uh, group of uh, squad of players today. He starts on the bench, comes off, yeah. doesn't particularly look that enthralled about coming off. And I thought he was a bit disappointed when he came on the pitch in the last year. I know it was a bad time in the game. Um, where Where's Marcus Rashford and his well, career We've been now, saying Rob? this a while, Rob, haven't we? I, I remember I, hmm? I, I, I've been saying for a while about Rashford hmm. and about 
mm. end product. Yeah, but I thought today was, was almost played, yeah. a public recognition of it. Yeah. With, with, with no centre-forward available, with no other centre-forward available fit and able, he puts him on the bench yeah. Yeah. and plays two central midfield players in sort of advanced positions. Do you, do you think do you think Rashford should move clubs, Rob? Do you think? Do you yeah, think, like... yeah. Today was the first time I thought that, Rob. Maybe he's done. You know, he's been a kid. He's come through. He's done brilliant things on and off the pitch. But maybe he needs the next challenge now. Mm. Maybe he's at that stage. Yeah. Just again, like you, you've you've written somebody down. I've written somebody down. Quick on the other side of things, Ryan Sterling. Ryan Sterling. I mean, yeah. mm. like he's been in great form. He's a club top scorer, and yet he didn't start the game. I mean, it, yeah. Pep makes some decisions that, again, this rotation is absolutely, it's, it, it dominates everything. If, it, if it's time yeah. for Sterling to have a break in a game like this, he's going to take a break. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, they win 4-1 without Sterling. That left side was great when he's normally on that side. And by the way, quick last, last shout, and I promise it's the last shout. I thought Jack Grealish, yeah. Rob. I thought Jack Grealish yeah. was... Was, Little was, Jack is back. Was better. Was Jack better today. Back. Was involved. Confidence, in, a bit more aggressive. Involved. Yeah. yeah. I thought he played well. Mm, I thought he played well. All right. Next. Next match. We should. Plenty move it City on. love. Let's go to Liverpool, yeah. where they got the job done. Rob. It wasn't. Mm. I mean, they they had plenty of possession at times, but it wasn't as comfortable as you like. And certainly, uh, West Ham had, had their opportunities. And Lanzini, I think it was who, who blasted the one over the top when he. Coming size has a great chance to at least get an equaliser. Um, is this is this part of what a run-in could be like for Liverpool? Sometimes you just got to find a way to win the game and, and get it done. Or would, is, is there is there a bit more than that? Should should there be a little bit more control and a little bit more what would be the word? A little bit more of their own, owning the game a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I think if you look at the big picture, you look at the goals against, it's still pretty good. I yeah. mean, it's not as good as Manchester yeah. City or Chelsea, actually. Just a couple of goals worse. So, in general, in general, defensively, it's been okay. But in some ways, over recent weeks, your eyes tell you something different. Now, yeah. I'm, I, I really am not sure they can continue to be, I mean, of course, superb going forward, Rob. But is there a price to pay for that that could hurt them? In this game, there's no question that not for really weak finishing. And, I, and I'm talking about sitters, like one-on-ones yeah, yeah, going through. Yeah. Yeah. And not, I mean, Probably three, four, I mean, possibly. Lanzini's one that, that sat there on the volley. Mm, I mean, yeah. and skied it over the top. It was Fernals. Was it Fernals or Lanzini that went through? First? Lanzini, I think that was. was Fernals went through and quite clipped one over. I missed that. I mean, there's so the many. Trent was, one. Yeah, the one that cleared you know, the ball. Antonio actually. had the one early. Sorry, Lanzini had um, the one over the top. Yeah. 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 I mean, is that... I mean, Jurgen Klopp was very quick to sweep it away. You know what? Yeah, you know, we, we've got to have a word with the boys and all that. Is that, is that a cause for concern, Rob, given uh, the way that City look like they're not going to drop any points? Or is it just the way it is and, and Liverpool's Back. attacking dial has turned up that far mm. that they are yeah. vulnerable? Because it's both Robinson and Alexander-Arnold, yeah. Rob. It's not just yeah. the high line. I think it's important to say this, Rob, because everybody talks about Liverpool's high line. It is high and they try and catch people offside. Another part of it is in, in, equally important for me is because the two fullbacks are advanced of that last yeah, line, so yeah, there is a, yeah. there's that side of it. There's, mm. a, there's a width element as well where there's so much space for the forwards to run into. If it's a back four there in place and they're high, there's four players to react. There's four react, players yeah, to, to turn back, around yeah. and cover. But mm. when there's only two, 
It's harder because mm. there's two. And it's harder because there's a ton of space. Because two players right. trying, to, trying to trek the whole width. So I think it's twofold. High line, and if there's no pressure on the ball, then opponents can nick the ball over the top. And it's only two players there, most often. I mean, Trent got back a couple of times mm. and made some clearances. Yeah, he did, he did make But it's just Robbo the, did once the got available back there, space him, yeah. across the it, field. It, it's, last, it's last ditch defending, isn't it? It's yeah, last of just ditch two defending. often. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, if, and if, it, if it's better finishing, you, you're in trouble. Right. You're right. But I think Liverpool, I think almost, uh, I think Klopp feels almost like they're almost going to have to go this way. We often, didn't we, last, last year often saw like, it was a Hendo if he was playing, or Milner or somebody drop into that fullback position when they were going. Is often a bit of a cover. We haven't quite seen that as much this time, and and it has been. And the funny thing is, like, you're watching Trent and you're thinking, God, going forward, he is still such a threat, Super. such an Super. important part Super. of the 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 attacking play yeah. that you don't really want to stop him doing too much of that because he, you know, that that's part of almost how you're getting a lot of your goals. Likewise, on the other side, and as I was watching it, Rob, and I saw the, I think it was Four Nails made a couple of runs and that, and I was watching the game, and you always kind of thinking, I was just thinking, cool, back in the day, that would have been perfect for me. They them playing that line and, and, yeah. and a deep line runner who can come from the halfway line, start his run. Honestly, you you you'd fancy yourself to get in two or three times a game on those like a diagonal or a little ball played over the top where you're coming from one of those midfield positions. But listen. They've got a goalkeeper who I think they, they believe is on, on point to being on the edge of his box and dealing with things. Sometimes we've seen him make one or two mistakes coming out, but that's the way they're going to play. I just don't think he'll go back to sort of reeling it all back and stopping those full-backs because it's a big part of what they play. And I think he'll always believe, as ever, with with their goals, what is 71 goals already this season, yeah. they're going to outscore people if it gets to a shootout. So it, I saw yeah. um, I saw uh, an interview, Robert, one of the players. I think it was Henderson or jo- um, James Milner, I, I could, or was it Trent Alexander-Arnold, talking about this situation of counterattacks, and it basically pointed out that well, the two centre backs and Fabinho, this triangle yeah. in the centre, mm. that is trusted the majority of time way. to mm. snuff out. So maybe Fabinho, yeah. uh, Fabinho's got to be the guy, Rob, that drops into a wider yeah. spot yeah. when yeah, he can, yeah. and that they feel is enough kind of protection against the counter. Great in theory. And again, 20 goals against is pretty good after 27 games yeah. played. But it just, I remember the, the, the League Cup final, Rob, against Chelsea. Chelsea had so many chances with, with Mount and everybody else yeah, going through. Yeah, poli- At Mount. the moment, yeah. they're getting away with it. They win the League Cup. Mm. They win this game against West Ham United. I'm just, we're just putting it out there right now that in yeah. subsequent weeks, it might bite them on the butt. But let's see. Maybe they can score two, three, four, five goals where it doesn't matter. But it's something that we've got to address right now. It's got to talk about. But they did get the job done, found a way to win 1-0, and they remain obviously very close to Man City. And, you know, you've got to think, Rob, that they are going to find ways to win the majority of the games and we might get one of these races. Was it 2018 and 19, I think it is, where one, I think City yeah, won in 98, Liverpool had 97. Yeah. Incredible form, yeah. both of them towards the end. I mean, I hope we get something t- like that. Sorry, I just looked at, at Liverpool's next four fixtures, actually, Premier League. It's Brighton away, Arsenal away, Watford at home, Man City yeah, on that night. Right. They've got a harder, they got a harder, yeah. they got a harder running. Yeah. They just have. So they got to, they're going to do it. They've got to do it the hard way. Yeah, but uh, fun to yeah. watch. Um, just a quick look, Luis Diaz again, Rob. I just think it continues to 
show his worth, have the confidence of his, his manager and his, his teammates, continues to play. Normally, you know, Klopp likes to rest or bring new players in and bed them in. I just think he, he, he's, he's been an absolute uh, find for them in, in a time when, you know, we've they've had a few injuries up front. He's just fitted in, whether it's on that left-hand side or central. Uh, another good, I thought, really good performance yeah. from him. Yeah. Um, Ibrahim Kanute, Rob, I, I'm starting to like. I, I, playing in games, I know, you know, listen, he's, he's still young, you know, 22 years of age, still got things to learn. But I think next to Van Dijk and in this system, he's going to have to learn the way they play. He's a good athlete. He's strong. He looks like he's getting a little bit more self-belief in his game. And um, I thought he's another who, who you know, listen, he, he isn't going to take anyone's place. I don't think the Matip's in that right now. But I think you, you're building into the next year or two a real top-class centre-back. Yeah, back difficult. Be ready playing big games. Yeah, I think, I think he's definitely one for the future, Rob. I think yeah. whenever I see so many opportunities for the opponents, I, I do kind of question, you know, I, I don't know whether I can fully commit to Kanate being really great in the game when they had so many chances. What I would say is, mm. it's hard, isn't it? It's hard playing on that side when Trent Alexander-Arnold is so Yeah, going you're going to get exposed, You're going to get exposed, you're going to have to go out wide to track players. So, But Klopp's been pretty careful with Kanate, Rob, hasn't he? He's been pretty careful with him, and he's starting mm. to see more action, more minutes right now. But in general, yeah, I agree with you. I think he looks like he's got a lot of good things going on. Um, but this was, was, was difficult at times against West Ham. Okay, my friend, let's move it on to Watford and Arsenal at Vicarage Road. Um, there's an Arsenal team that are in pretty good shape. Uh, going to Vicarage Road looking for the three points that would um, grab them full spot ahead of the, of the derby. And they got the job done. Um, maybe not in the, in the fashion they would lie, but three goals to two away from home uh, against a, a decent Watford team who we know uh, can be dangerous. And Mikel Arteta's team, Rob, for me, I, even just before I pass on, do you know the biggest thing I can say about Arteta and his team right now? I'm enjoying watching them. I'm enjoying watching they, they look like there's a confidence and understanding in how they're playing, playing out the back. There's, there's a nice structure to the team. There's a young and old kind of mix. There's lovely attacking football and options and play and people from the academy and young players in. Um... There's a bit of resilience we've seen that, that in the past that, that's not always been there. Um, just feel like for, for, for the first time for a while, Arsenal fans must be really proud of what they've seen. We, you know, we go back to the, the, the Wenger era and the great beautiful football and what Arsenal did at the football club. But, you know, the reality is towards the end of that reign, it, it wasn't so great. Unai Emre com, comes in and was always fighting to, to establish himself in the football club and the way they were going to play. And we've had that time in, in Arteta came in initially, I, you know, find it difficult, certainly this season. But I just feel well, well played to him and well done to this group who, I say, I, it's one of the teams I, I really look forward to watching now because I kind of feel like we're starting to see a bit of, of, of what Arsenal are and who they're going to be in the future. Rob, I thought Arsenal were, were for large periods of this game, superb, fantastic. Mm. You can see mm. a maturity to this younger team mm -hmm. I can, I can absolutely see a grooved nature to the football. It's becoming mm -hmm. grooved. I'm watching them with the ball. I know exactly what's going to happen in those midfield players splitting. Alexander Lacazette coming into the hole. Mm. Their build-up play is really, mm. really familiar. It look, they look like they know what they're doing. He has done a, a, a pretty 
amazing job. Right now, they are favourites to finish in that top four position, yeah, which absolutely. is incredible given the start that they had, the losses at the start of the season, the question of him as a manager of the team. Um, but f- between then and now, I mean, the goals he scored today, Rob, I mean, what about beautiful cool. goals? Cool. I mean, Hernandez, Cucho Hernandez is over a yeah, kick is spectacular, yeah, okay, but the yeah. Arsenal goals with the build-up play and the linking up and mm. Lacazette's involvement. Martinelli, the second And Martinelli's strike. Yeah. The, the, the Martin Odegaard's ability on it, Rob. So it's a 4-3-3 now, by the way. I mean, there's a, there was a, a kind of a change from the 4-2-3-1 where there was some movements within it. Mm. Today I watched it really closely, and it pretty much is always now 4-3-3. So, of course, Thomas Partey, Rob, is holding in the centre. Yeah. Now, Xhaka, which Xhaka is a, one side, he's yeah. one side getting forward. And uh, an Odegaard now is, is less central and more right side in those little spaces between the lines trying to get on the ball. Saka on the right-hand side, Martinelli's goal ability, and Lacazette playing up front. I just, I just you know, it's, very, it's really easy to criticise on these shows, Rob, and to jump on negative stuff from teams. You can always, it's easy to do that. But you tell you what, I, I love giving credit and appreciation at the right time. For me, right now, Arsenal, where they are right now, the football that they play, the maturity, the experience. You said about the grit, Rob, from last week against Wolves coming mm. from behind to win. If they can grow that side of it, they've definitely gr- growing the, the, the football, the build-up, the, the, the philosophy. Mm. The, 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 I mean, it's, you know, again, pinch of salt, right? And, and, I, and, I, and I'm going to make a, a really tiny comparison, but... It's kind of getting, listen, nowhere near Man City, but the style, the shape, the, the attacking in the wide areas and the little triangles and the midfield players now playing really high when you look at Xhaka and you look at uh, Moti, uh, Martin Odegaard, it's starting yeah. to look like a little bit like City's kind of style of possession, of width, of in-between, you know, of strikers coming deep, Lacazette, almost false nine-ish a lot of times, though he is a real number nine. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just really enjoyed what they did today. Mm. And I know it's only Watford, and they're probably going to get relegated. But that's what Arsenal fans want to see. That style, that application, and that quality, Rob, when they got into the final Yeah, game. real quality. And, and you know, the, 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 the issue, not the issue, the challenges that Arteta has is that, you know, we'll always be um, looked at compared to the, the Arsene Wenger time and that beautiful ball. Now you, we're talking about, oh, is it is it like a mini pep kind of thing? And he's trying, you know, and, he, and, and Mikel Arteta has had to groove this football club and this team and this players and these individuals in a style players. that works for them and do it right. And, and you're getting, you know, if you look at Ramsdale, the goalkeeper has been a success. The two centre-backs are growing into a decent partnership. Mm. You know, uh, Tommy Asu, we like him right, but Cedric's come in and done okay. You know, his granite jack is starting to at last realise that he can't be as rash as he can. He has an important role in those midfield positions. The, the, the you know, the Odegaard, the Saka, the Martinelli look really, really exciting, Rob. And I want, I want Smith to point to um, Smith Rowe coming as well, who, by the way. Sorry, you got Emil Smith yeah. Rowe to come back in as well when he's available Emil to Smith go Rowe, again. Yeah, but I want to point to a, to a player who probably doesn't get any headlines in in what's happening now, Rob, and it's Alexander Lacazette. And I'm going to give you my underappreciated performer oh. of the week. Oh, in as much as it was all about Ober and, and the bromance and those two playing together and whether he could play in the same team. And then Ober goes, he has the fallout. We know he's at Barcelona and still scoring goals. But then it all fall, kind of starts to fall on Lacazette, who is this most central player, is often now coming deep and, and building in the, 
being involved in the build-up play, that probably Rob at times is meaning he's not always in the right position in the box to be to be getting goals. He's got three goals. He's got seven assists. Got a couple of assists at uh, weekend, and I just think his role and his attitude and his application with this young group, especially the, the three players who are playing from midfield and coming and joining him. Um, I heard him a few weeks ago say he's captain of the football club, but he said, I'm not a ranter and raver. If I feel it's right, I, I put my arm around people in training and have a word with them. So he's not he's not maybe somebody who you're going to see on the on the camera you know, with a fist and, and barking orders. But that doesn't always mean you're a good captain. That sometimes means you're doing it for, 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 the, for the TV. Um, obviously, his contract's up and there's talk of whether he'll stay, whether he's the right man to the hospital and go and get somebody else. But I just think he's played a bigger role than people have given credit for, Rob, in, in this sort of regeneration of Arsenal, of the new uh, style of, of play, and continues to give his all. And today, I could, uh, once or twice, I, I saw in his face disappointment that he wasn't on the end of things because he was on the build-up. And once or twice, it looked like it might have gone to him and people were shooting or taking somebody on. And he almost like sucked it up and went, nah, OK, and, and got on with the game. And I just thought, he, he, he turned into a good egg in, in this period of the season when Arsenal have needed somebody up front. Uh, as I say, not maybe got the goals, but certainly I think in performance and attitude and an and example to those young players, he, he, he's been big for them recently. I mean, it's, it's worth keeping, Rob, isn't he? You know, even if, yeah, they, if they try absolutely. and bring in somebody else that might end up being mm, the number one the number striker one there, striker, as long yeah. as he's... You can't have be, too many, can you? Yeah, as long as he's OK with playing a supporting role... I, I I think it'd be a good good shout just to keep him. Depends, of course, what money he wants yeah. and what role he wants. Um, but I think it's a good shout. Lacazette, yeah. I mean, the, the numbers at some point, Rob. If Arsenal go on a run where they don't score many goals, maybe yeah, they, they people are going to question. Top, it, people going to people will question yeah. the centre forward. And I've done it before. And I still think to go to any kind of next level, they need to try mm. and find a, a, a younger striker that's going to get a few more goals. But I, I appreciate him as well. Thought he had a good game today. He held the ball up, his little flick back uh, for Saka's goal. Yeah, good stuff. Mm, so, yeah, well done, yeah, Alexander Lacazette. And well done, Arsenal. Well done, Arsenal, mm, for yeah. finding a way this season to, to really pull back to some entertaining, successful, winning football. Very good. Yeah. Well done, Mikel Arteta. Yeah. Uh, let's take it to Turf Moor, shall we? Uh, it's a Burnley team that were bubbling along quite nicely, um, looking for results and, and looking like they're going to out the bottom three against the Chelsea team who I think Burnley would always feel that they can out-physical, make it more of a Burnley type of game, which maybe was two of the first off, but second off all goals for Chelsea. Mm. Um, James, Havertz and Pulisic uh, getting the goals. Uh, in the end, a, a poor result for Burnley that keeps them in the bottom three and, and, and looking up to the other teams. But um, a good end to a week that's put that's had Chelsea in the spotlight, not always for the right reasons, Rob. And Thomas Tuchel's had his work cut out just trying to concentrate on football and, and, and getting the points. So I thought this was a really good win, important win for Chelsea. Um, and well done, Thomas Tuchel, because this, this must have been a, a very, very difficult week for, for the Chelsea uh, manager. Yeah, and for the most part, Thomas Tuchel, I think it's widely accepted that he's handled the questions pretty well. Difficult mm. questions about the owner of the football club that's done... You know, so, so well in some ways in the way the club have won so much money, of course, under scrutiny now for a whole different set of reasons. Um, not easy to coach in that, in that capacity. No. Reese James, Rob, he's not going to win underappreciated because everybody knows how great he is. Yeah, to have him yeah. back on that right side. And the goal that he scored, I mean, 
Mm. There aren't many right-backs around anywhere, really, that can score a goal like that with the quality, with the skill, with the balance, with the shooting ability. He gets assist as well for a goal, for, for Havertz's goal. Um, I thought he was standout. Second half was standout. Yeah. Standout in terms yeah. of quality. Now, again, I, I, you, know, you do go back to Kai Havertz. And I remember uh, on our podcast, Rob, about eh, maybe about three weeks ago, about a month ago, I, I, you were, you were I saying, let, yeah, I let him have numbers, it a I'm like, come on now, like, it's time now to really step up and show us. And to be fair, with Lukaku's kind of mm. drop to the bench, he's stepping up. And this is another game, Rob, where Chelsea play and they look, they look more threatening in the attacking third, whether it's movement, whether it's finishing. Pulisic, you know, getting a run now in his best position, yeah. one of those little outside forwards just behind uh, Kai Havertz. I think they enjoy playing with each other. So, well done, Kai Havertz. This is what the Chelsea fans want to see, probably expected to see. It's a big fee for him to come into the football club and, and getting goals, being involved, making runs, being busy, being skillful, being determined. You know, that's what the fans want to see. And maybe now is the time, Rob. Lukaku, you know, goal mm. goes in, the camera director cuts to, to Lukaku. Yeah, yeah, to Lukaku. I don't know where he's going to go after this little run. Maybe he's going to come back in the team, mm. Rob, in the next two or three weeks and find some form and score some goals. Um, but the awkward statement is they kind of look better, their attacking mm. play, without the big man. What do you think? Yeah, and it's going to be one of those where, at the moment, I don't think there's a rush to get him back in the team. No, because the no. team, if the team's functioning and scoring without him, then he has to sit and wait. Now, when he does get... If and when that, that opportunity comes and you, you, you think with the amount of football Chelsea still have left, there's a role for him to play and there's going to be opportunities. But it kind of almost starts putting the pressure on him rather than the manager and, and the team. He's got to come into the team, Rob, and deliver. Mm. He's got to come in and, and score the goals that potentially we know he can and, and, and lead the line in the way he can. Now, this might be the motivation that, that he needs to kickstart again. He started the season well, had a couple of injuries, had the, the famous now Italian interview, and everything's sort of gone to pot since then. It's whether he can get himself back on focus, get himself back lean, fit, train as hard as he can, wait for his opportunity. And then basically, Rob, if he gets in back in the team, he's got to score, he's got to score goals. It's the only thing that, that's going to yeah. keep him in, in the first 11. Let's swing it. Let's swing it back to a big story this weekend, Rob, in terms of relegation. Now, mm. in Sean Dyche, you trust... The ginger Mourinho. Do you still... I mean, they, of course, had those great results where they start to find yeah. their form and and Veghorst up front starts to look the part, you know. When you look at the table, and we're going to get onto Leeds United next, by the way, they are absolutely still in banging trouble, Robbie Earl. They're banging trouble. Like, mm. you know, when you think of Leeds, we'll get onto them next. Everton, of course, they're, in, they're going to play tomorrow. Of course, we haven't, this is before the Everton game against Spurs. Mm. Burnley, you still trust that... I know what you're going to say. Sean Dyke is going to find a way out of it. You know, he's got a job on. It's not easy to get out of this. Yeah, but that's why you trust in the great ginger man. He, um, listen, Rob, it ain't going to be easy. And, and their problems probably more about scoring goals than, than, than thinking this. Not often they concede for it. was a bad day at the office. I still think, Rob, the, only, the reason I, 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 in, in Sean we trust and, and go down that route is he's been there. He ain't going to panic. If Leeds and Everton get caught in it, Everton play Spurs tomorrow, big game. You know, if they get caught in it, 
you know, Frank's come out, we've had conversations, Frank, you know, Frank's tried to put the, you know, to one side, or I don't know anything about relegations and people saying it'd be an issue. Burnley know everything about relegation and the threat of it and what it means and what you have to do. And I think can more than other teams can put a 4-0 defeat to a side and get back to what's important for next week. And they've got the training routines, they've got the mental discipline, they've got the manager who's going to be true to what he says and how he does things. And I just think down the track, whatever that may be, however long that may be, they will still believe they can get out and not panic about it in the way that if Leeds get caught up in it or Everton get caught up in it, mm. I worry for them. My, my hope for Leeds, uh, for Burnley, has been Maxwell Cornet without Veghorst. Yeah. Now, yeah. I don't know whether Maxwell Cornet had some kind of problem. I was shocked he didn't start. Shocked he didn't start. Oh, yeah. Jay he's Rodriguez had some muscle injuries. He's been one of them, like, he's played a game and he's had thigh or muscle. Really? I think he's one of them that at times has, has been a little bit fragile. So, a game where they he came into the risk game. him or yeah, take any more, in. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, of course, Ben Mee as well as a player that had a knock on the... Yeah, the, missing if, Ben Mee, yes. They're missing him back there. They've got, to get, they've got to find a way. I mean, you're... I, I, it's got to be close, It's going to be close, yeah. isn't it? It's going to be close. Yeah, it's going to be close. They're 21 points. Um, Everton, 22. But play, they've got a couple of games and Leeds. 23, but a game in hand. So, you know, Leeds is, is, is starting to become their target and we'll, we'll sort of nice transition it yeah. into Leeds because it was Jesse Marcy's first game in charge. A lot of eyes on this one uh, against the Leicester team that's starting to get a little bit of his mojo back. Um, what do you think of Jesse's first day in the Premier League? Oh, I, I, I thought a lot. I mean, I thought a lot. I mean, I thought, wow, they didn't have to play well first half. They mm. didn't have to play... Well, first half, I think I'm sure we said it here, Rob, or I said it, that the next manager at Leeds United has still got to utilise those midfield runners, the midfield goal threat, the eye for goal that certain players have got. But as you've said many times, Rob, there's got to be something different defensively. The the man-to-man system, of course, is always going to go. There's hardly any coaches now, Rob, that do that. So I thought in terms of the shape, the structure of the team, the energy of the team, the, the tactical kind of setup with the, the press, high press, the side press. If the ball's on one side, you watch those white shirts, they all go over to yeah. the side and pin, pin, pin in. He doesn't care anything about the other side of the field. I thought it generally worked really well. The finishing, of course, is what has hurt them. Yeah, Patrick probably. Bamford is, is there, <clears throat> almost ready to go now. Um, but I thought, particularly the first half, I thought Leeds were everything that, a Leeds fan would probably hope to see after the legend that is Marcelo Bielsa. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we did the halftime highlights, Rob, and I think Leicester City had a, a set-piece header, a simple one, and I'm like, well, that's better. We're not, at halftime, we're not going through tons of opportunities yeah, six, for the other seven, team. Yeah. So I think Leeds fans will think, well, that's, that's better. Again, crucially, the front players did get looks. They've just got to do a better job of it. Now, before we get on to Jesse March, Rob, and... and, and reaction afterwards what did you think yeah. of the game do you get a good look at this one yeah again I, I just thought there was a little more structure I liked as you say the cell it was interesting that Jesse Marsh after he talked about I put four or five things across the players and just wanted to be clear with those and, yeah. and then they said they did them for me which is which I thought was was obvious from what you see the setup the coming over the half in the pitch things we I've done back in the day when you're just trying to nullify the opposition and make their play a little bit more predictable so you know almost where the ball's going to go so you can be in the right place to defend it. I thought 
lot of that was good. I've got to be honest, Robert, I saw it, it. the first half was as good as you could expect it for a new manager going in and a very emotional football club that, that's just yeah. lost one of its legends. Um, obviously, a little bit disappointment in the second half to concede and, and, and it wasn't quite at, at the same level. But with the players you're missing, with four days of training, with everything that, that had gone on around the football club, I thought it was a, 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 a pretty good day for Jesse Marsh. And the other thing I would say in terms of the performance of, of, from the manager, I thought he was outstanding in, in his interviews. I thought it was yeah. outstanding. Yeah, he talks really well. Talks really well. Because the people, there was everybody, everybody who doesn't know football, there's an American in charge at Leeds, and just listening in, Rob, and we're like, what's this guy about? And I thought he was excellent. I thought his football understanding was, was good, he, his communication, his manner, he had a little bit of humour, talked about, you know, what he, what, he, what he liked, what he didn't, what he's looking for. I just thought he gave a really good first-day impression, impression yeah. at, at his football club. I think it's going to be different, Rob. I think we talked about it. This stigma about American coaches mm. in England in the Premier League, I feel it's going to be different with him. I just do, because he's smart, because he's, he's a very intelligent guy, Ivy League educated guy. He gets it. He's been in European coaching for many years now. He, you know, he played. I, 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 I like what he says. Now, <clears throat> I want to go on to something afterwards, Rob, that I thought was okay. Other people around English football thought it was kind of, unnecessary. The huddle at the end, the circle at the end where Jesse yeah, Marsh yeah, is in yeah, there, yeah, basically yeah. saying, you can almost read his lips, like, that's pretty good. If you play like that and when you drive like yeah, that and you take the yeah. game to opponents like that, mm. we're going to be absolutely fine. Mm. The public display of togetherness, the trotting yeah. over to the Leeds fans and banging his chest yeah. and clapping their hands. Again, yeah. my reaction afterwards on, on air was, don't mind it. Public show mm. of togetherness. We know mm. what we've all been mm. through. Let's appreciate yeah. the fans you know, is a way to go forward. Do you, do you have the same opinion? Or, like a few yeah. others I've listened to, what's all that about? You know, get, get him in and tell him, tell him what it's all about. You don't have to do it publicly with the cameras spinning around the group and you giving it the full Monty. Was it genuine, heartfelt, mm. needed in some ways, or was it false, unnecessary, and something that they, they shouldn't repeat? Um, it's a good question. If if it, if it's what he wants to do, whether it's heartfelt or not, do it. If he feels it's but there'll be a react, there'll football, be a reaction to it. Clubs, there'll be a reaction. Let me just go to the action. So Jurgen Klopp likes to hug. Jurgen Klopp is the master of where cameras. He knows where cameras. When he's giving those massive hugs and picking people up, does he? Do you think he doesn't know that the camera's got him? That's what Jurgen Klopp does. Marcelo Bielsa sits on his little throne Top. at the side of the pitch. Mm. He knows when the camera's on him and the red light and the cameraman's walking around. He knows that that's his time to be that guy because that's who he is. And if Jesse Marsh wants to pull those group of players together and, and have a little bit of a, 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 a group chat and get one or two messages and, 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 and visibly to the rest of the, of, of the football world looking in, say, this is we're united, this is us thing. That's okay. Now, don't start doing it because you because every week because you think if you feel it's the right thing to do, do yeah. it. Don't yeah. and don't have any questions. Don't worry about anybody who's, who's sitting outside because because you'll see the benefit in training, in games, moving forward. If it's not your thing, but I, 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 
I kind of don't like when people, you know, they're almost looking for a reason yeah. to, to be to be poking him or, oh, look at, look at him, he's doing it for the cameras. They all do it for the cameras, Rob. You tell me Pep Guardiola doesn't do it for the cameras. Mm-hmm. Tell me Antonio Conte doesn't run up and down and dive in the thing. for the, They all do it and it's all about getting, bringing your group together and finding Connect, a way. Connecting with the fans, and, Rob. And Jesse Marsh is smart enough to, to think that's the right way to do it. And it has an effect on his team. You know, Jurgen Klopp knows the hugging thing affects his, his, his players and you know, if you get the big hog and you're going, oh, look at the relationship. Jesse Marsh is doing his thing. And also, by the way, just finally on this, you remember Jurgen Klopp went to the cop and was giving it all the hands of all yeah, the players going together. Yeah. Ralph Early Hass- on with Ralph, with a draw does his thing. Thomas Tuchel did a few. Maybe it's, it's an yeah. initial kind of initial yeah. thing as a connection and, 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 and you know, and, and, and connecting the players and yourself as a new manager to the fans. So, yeah, right. I didn't mind it either. Didn't mind it either. An encouraging signs for Leeds United. Again, quick, quickly look at the league table. They're bang, you know, they're right in it. But the sense, the feeling would be, what have they got next? They've got Villa at home, Rob, and Norwich at home. Yeah, there you go yeah. then. Go, go and win. Should go and get at least four points from those games. Four points and then take and give yourself right some, off, Give yourself some, some space off. But, but, but no, good first yeah. impressions. Good kind of attacking the game in the right approach with the right mix of attack and defence. I thought it was yeah. pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. All right. Good day for... for, for <clears throat> For, for, well, decent day for Jesse Marsh didn't get the points. Big day for Newcastle United, my friend, and Eddie Howe, who I think I heard you on, on air and I kind of um, echoed your sentiments. I pretty much out of it. Eddie Howe has done his business <laughs> and 28 points are pretty much out of it, my friend. I, I, I spent a couple of minutes actually on, on air, Rob, appreciating, this morning it was, appreciating the job that my underappreciated performer this week has done. Eddie Howe. Edward Howe. Edward Howe. What have they got? Where is it? 12 games. points. 12 games left, and they, they're almost there. 28 points, seven points from the relegation yeah, zone. Probably, yeah. They're in the early December. They're at the mm. bottom of the league table, six points yeah. away from safety. Unspectacular signings in Chris Wood. Trippy has done very, very well. Matt Target. Yeah, well, I mean, out, Bruno yeah. hasn't played much. They've been without Callum Wilson. Alan St. Maximin, they've done it with a style that we talked about, Rob. We talked about, wow, yeah, Newcastle are going to try and play, well. play their way out of trouble. Well done. Well done. Mm. I mean, the club, the support at that club we know is spectacular. And I, I always was confident that with January, with some momentum, this is a team that can go on a win of games. They've won five in the last six in the Premier League, Rob, which puts them to a position now where they're, looking quite a long way back for relegation zone. Eddie yeah, Howe yeah. was a popular choice. I don't think he convinced everybody it was the right appointment for Newcastle United. But what a good job with the style, with what he had, with reinventing Joe Ellington, with getting Joe Willock scoring goals again. I mean, well done. Like, for a coach that's renowned for being expansive and maybe defensively uh, vulnerable, he hasn't got great defenders at that club, but he's ended yeah. up... Dan Byrne, another signing, of course, that came yeah, in. Dan Byrne, Not a spectacular yeah. name. So they've steadily improved the, the quality a touch, but the manager's done a good job to get them to this point there. Well, well done, Eddie Howe. Yeah, and I've got to be honest, Rob, I wasn't sure that he, he was A, the right man or would play it the right way. I thought that he, he, he might want to out-football his way out, and I wasn't yeah. sure this group of players were. And it's interesting, because my note was that the, the, the midfield players he, he, he's generally relied on. John Joe Shelby, who... We all know at times his emotional yeah. control can yeah. be anywhere. Yeah, he hasn't shown Joe, Joe Ellington. Most yeah. managers would have gone in there and gone, 
this guy ain't going to score me goals. They'd have like, laboured him on one of those places. He's turned him into a box-to-box midfield player with, with a goal threat. And, and Joe Willock, as we know from last season, it, it can score goals, but wasn't firing at all under, under Steve Bruce. And, and Eddie comes in and starts to, we start to see the player that we saw from Arsenal who, who, who looks a talent. Um, so, yeah, only congratulations to, to Eddie. I doubted that he could do it in the style and the way yeah. And even the time that, that 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 he's done it, but fair play, very happy to hold my hands up and say great job. Um, you know, be good to see them in, in finish it off and, and keep a little bit of form going. And then, you know, massive exciting few years coming up for Newcastle with their ownership, with the, the yeah. potential money yeah. and what that could look like going forward. So, yeah, absolutely great shout and appreciated Eddie Howe and Newcastle United who sit now. What is it? Six points uh, away from the bottom three. Seven, seven points um, clear, aren't they? In, in, in seven points. Sorry, yeah, twenty-eight. Seven points away from bottom three with a couple of games in um, on some teams. So yeah, well done, well done, Eddie Howe. Another team. Um, Rob, another yeah, team. Well, where are we going? Yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go another team. I thought it was a big weekend for the bottom clubs. Norwich, mm. Norwich City. Yeah. One Brentford Football Club. Yeah, Brentford. Three. Yeah. Ivan Tony hat trick. Mm. Norwich City with manager Sean Dyche says before the game. Uh, Sean Dyche. Dean Smith says before the Dean game. Smith. Can't afford to lose yeah. this one. Well, Dun- there you go. Dunzo. Dunzo there, there Dean. You go. Dunzo Dean. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's so difficult now to, just to find them a way out. Brentford Football Club were dropping like proverbial stone in this division. And we know that teams have been affected before like that. Start off well. Yeah. Particularly the promoted ones happened to me. Happened to me at my Middlesbrough. We started off incredibly well. We almost got to uh, the top three or four in the Premier League at Christmas, and then we fell like a stone after that, mm. and we finished mm. at maybe like 12th or 14th. So that was happening. That's an important win, Rob. You got Ivan Tony yeah. back scoring again. You got Christian Eriksen, by the way. Eriksen involved yeah, in the team game, now, mate, yeah. starting the game. He's on all the set yeah. pieces. I don't want to say it yet because I'm, I'm, I think I'm a little bit too early, mm-hmm. but I felt that that was a, a definitive game. The 27 points, they've probably got to get another... Seven or eight, 34, two, 35. Yeah, two more wins, a couple of draws, and you, 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 you're good, aren't you? you? But you can see, it's funny, Rob, because you, you know that run, and, and, and I've been on when you, you start dropping like proverbial. And sometimes you can't see a win. No, you can't. You can't, can't see, see a goal, win. Coming. You can't see anything. They, they've just addressed that by winning a game. Once you win one, you start believing again in yourself. Well, we can nick a draw here, we can get another win here. And all of a sudden, you, you're plotting your way out of trouble. It's amazing what a three points can do when you're not trying to trying to run. And Ivan Tony getting the three goals, getting him fit, getting Christian Eriksen on the pitch and playing well, um, you know, was a, was a massive bonus for Thomas Frank. And yeah, it, it was one of those days where you kind of feel that result might just be enough to kickstart them to, to keep them in the league. And let's just remind everybody, Rob, Premier League Week 29 fixtures, Saturday, next Saturday, 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern time, on USA, Brentford at home versus Burnley. I mean, Ooh. talk about yeah, yeah. big. It's all on. And it's talk about on. momentum that you just Brent, talked Brent, about. Brentford, Brentford at home. could get 30 points, couldn't they? Could win it, get, take themselves 30 points. Almost dump Burnley right in it. That's a massive game. That is an absolute massive yeah. game that next weekend. All right, my friend. Uh, well, a couple of games left. Aston Villa, yeah. fine in form. 4-0 mm. against Southampton Football Club. Southampton back, been, back been really yeah, good. Back-to-back like. back results, yeah. Philippe Coutinho, Coutinho turned on the style. Coutinho in, in form. Danny Ings getting a goal. Ollie Watkins scoring goals. Um, Stevie G, obviously very happy. Yeah, Southampton team who've been in good nick recently. Uh, Ralph, mm. Radnick, uh, 
Passenertel's team. So great win for Stevie G. And Crystal Palace, Rob, and, and, and Patrick yeah. Vieira um, talked about him and, and, and good things that are going on at, at that football club. Continue to um, to look forward to Palace fans. All, all I've got a few friends who are Palace fans who are just kind of loving life at the moment, mate. So they just should feel be. feel there's a real future with, with, with Patrick, the way they're going, the makeup of the team, young Guy at the back, Vince captain at the moment, mm. Conor Gallagher, uh, Michael Elise, Wolf Zaha's got, got himself back going and, and fired up. Matata scoring goals. A lot of good things happening at Palace. Mitchell, the left back. He's another one a little un- underappreciated, yeah, mate. Yeah, keep Club an eye player. Him. Yeah. Yeah. So, something to watch out for. And and we didn't tease this, Rob, at the start of the show, right? And, of course, this will get old pretty quickly. Mm. For those who are catching up with this podcast after Monday, they'll see the result, of course, from Spurs-Everton. But why not? Let's have a little, a little comment on what we might see tomorrow on Monday. Again, we're recording this podcast on the Sunday. Spurs host Everton. And I want to talk about it real quick, Rob, because, I mean, Everton, alarm bells, (laughs) one point from the relegation zone. (laughs) We don't know really what you're going to get from these two teams. A couple of games in hand, aren't they, on on most teams? A couple of three games, so, yeah. What do you want to see from Everton in this game? Real quick, what do you want to see from Everton in this game? What do you need to see from Frank's team? I want to see a team who are brave enough to get on the ball, who can be well set up when um, Spurs will look to probably counter-attack and break quickly. Um, and I want to see an Everton team that I think we saw, was it was it the Leeds game at home and they won and we said, that's what Everton yeah. should be about. Yeah, that's yeah, who yeah. Everton are. That. Right there, Robert. That's what I want. That, that, take me back to there. Whatever the result, take me back to there and, I, and, I'm, and I'm okay. All right, I'm going to chuck a result in, Rob. I want a quick result from you. I'm going to say Spurs and Everton is a home win. Spurs win it narrowly. What are you saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to 2-1 Spurs win. Wow. I'm not sure defensively Everton are quite up to it at the moment. Okay, mate. Well, that put Everton bang in trouble even more. Yeah, and um, we'll we'd make things tricky at the, at the table. Listen, there's, there's stuff going on both ends of the table, my friend. At the top, Liverpool straight past their hammers. Winning 1-0. City hammered United, bet 4-1 in, in the derby. At the other end, Newcastle win again. Got some daylight between them and the bottom three. And Chelsea put four second-half goals against Burnley to burst their bubble. We'll be back on Thursday. That's March the 10th. We'll recap some Champions League games this week when Liverpool face Intercity face Sporting. And these midweek Premier League games in Robbie's already talked about. It. Spurs v Everton. Tomorrow, we'll um, we'll look back on that game and Jesse Marsh's first game as Leeds manager at home when they host Aston Villa. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musty together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching listening. Be safe. Stay healthy. It's a good night from me. And it's a good night from him. Good night. Good night.